0: So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host, Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Every Saturday at 1030, it is a show about mindset and the best of the best. And Dave, you got another great guy. How you doing? excellent Brett oh by the way Bob happy birthday um, it is birthday. Bob's
1: birthday today we're filming this on the 15th but happy birthday Bob it's been a pleasure not only to be an assistant prosecutor underneath you but partner at the Bianchi logger
0: well I appreciate
1: it thank you very much to many to come as well but we have Brett Sakura uh, actually a friend uh, we went to the same high school and I see him from afar on on social media with with this the value-based stories and reels and and he's a real estate agent. Uh, he's agent and broker. He's been an agent since 2007, and he had he launched the Sakura Group in 2016, which is a real estate company that represents sellers and buyers in real estate. But the thing I'm most impressed—it's not just the success on the real estate uh, in the real estate sector. It's it's the value that you provide to people learning social media or how to get more customers in the real estate industry. Yeah. So so thank you for coming on Nothing But The Truth. It is a pleasure to have you. No, I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's, it's, it's going to be some fun.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, Brett, the, one of the reasons that we start doing this is that, and I love having you because your field is so different from anything that we do, um, but we want to look at excellence and mindset across all spheres. And you're at the top of your game. So just, you know, if you could, just right off the bat, Tell us a little bit about your mindset or what you feel how important mindset is towards your successes and motivating your team because you supervise a lot of people. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and having been licensed from 07 when the
2: market crashed, it was not a fun time. It was 21 at the, at, at the time. Um, I feel like I kind of stumbled through for my first six years as a realtor. And from there, um, that's when I really started to develop the mindset was in 2013. I started to learn about mindset. I think I was 27 at the time. So it started to become more of a buzzword. Grit was coming around. Some of those books were being written. And I, I realized that the way that I was doing things, if I wanted to grow and I really wanted to scale a large organization, I needed to change my mindset. I needed to change the way that I interacted with clients, the way that I, I you know, saw people and, and kind of created those those. I may lose a sale, but I'll never lose a client mentality. And I feel like because of that, it started to release the attachment and 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 just, I don't know, I do want to say it was like rocket fuel
0: as a result of that. So, Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, uh, when I was prosecutor, uh, mindset was big with me, always has been. It's something, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned 2013, because that's yeah. when I left. And I was doing, of course, joyful journey around the country and even internationally. And it really was about mindset. But even before then, in the prosecutor's office, Dave, you remember... I had blown up the man in the arena. It's, it's unfortunate, the quote from Teddy Roosevelt's just about the man in the arena as opposed to right. men and women, but we'll give ourselves a poetic liberty with it. And, and, and that got us connected with Dr. Brené Brown, who used that same quote about essentially being in the arena and fighting and not listening to the people in the cheap seats. And it's not easy to do, but sometimes the value is just in the fight itself. And I had that hanging in multiple places in the prosecutor's office to say, I don't mind if you lose. Okay, I want you in the fight. I don't want you in in the cheap seats telling other people what they should be doing. How how does in two thousand thirteen? You're right. It kind of exploded. Right. I I may have been on the uh, on the precipice of something, and then we kind of like got run over by all these uh, people. But how important is that? In terms of you having the right mindset and passing it on to your people, is that more difficult when you try to do that? Right?
2: Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, and a gentleman that I I started studying with, Matthew Ferry. Anybody can look into him. Matthew Ferry taught me how to really have a you know a quiet mind through everything as well. And kind of you, I'm sure you see it in law all the time. Where where let's talk about trial attorneys. I'm sure they're trying to get under the skin of the other one a little bit, get them worked up, and get them to react to certain things, or get the client to move in if you're sitting in you know, mediation or something like that, where, where, you know, that you, you have something we were talking about, like a string you can pull on. Um, and, and what I really studied is disconnecting the programming behind what's actually like triggering that emotion. So my wife, which is not as good of a thing, always says you have zero emotion whatsoever. And, and I've been able to get it, you know, so much under control where it becomes a decision based on how I want to react in certain moments. In regards to leadership and actually making the agents, you know, better in regards to, to you know how they're going to perform. And where I feel like agents really die is they get so caught up on the outcome of certain scenarios that are not, you know, could be completely out of their control. Or we're talking about that canoe earlier and the you know people falling out towards the end of the boat. Um, or you know they're creating a hypothetical scenario that doesn't exist Whoa. in their mind i had okay. an agent call me where 5 hours of his morning was freaking out that the seller didn't sign the offer that came through and i'm like okay well did she say she's not going to sign and he's like no and i'm like okay well you're 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 putting that out into the universe right now you don't know what's going to happen 15 minutes later he gets a text she signed i'm like okay great you just ruined 5 hours of your day right on a hypothetical that yeah. never happened yeah
0: you, I, I'm, you know, you're speaking my language. I, I always use the example of this person I know uh, that when they're in their 30s, we're like, oh, my life's terrible right now. But my 20s were the best time of my life. And then they get into their 40s and they were talking about my 40s are terrible. My 30s were the best time of my life and so on and so forth. And what I think that really is, is to the point you bring up. And we talk this about our, with our clients all the time. You have these emotions and these thoughts 99% of which are doom and gloom that are not going to come true. So what this person was doing is what they were actually looking back at what was really happening as opposed to the fear and negativity that they had in their brain that never occurred. That is such a, a an unbelievable insight that you have and I think a lot of people suffer from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you talk about Matthew Ferry, and I I haven't listened to his content, but I think it is so important to get good content nowadays. I mean, what we've learned from COVID is all of the resources that are available to us in the form of podcasts and courses and books. It's not just uh, a few different channels nowadays, right? And, And I think probably you bring that up for a very good reason. That was a very impactful individual that taught you some things. But let me ask you, the six years before, You know, you're a real estate agent in a very tough market. What was the mindset there, and what did it take to really change and trigger something new? Well, that was the problem. I mean, I found myself kind of, and
2: don't get me wrong, I did well as a realtor early on too. I just never broke through to that next ceiling. But I lived with a lot of stress. I lived with a lot of anxiety. I found that I didn't focus on James Clear, for instance. We, I just, I spoke with him. We were at an event in San Diego. He spoke last Friday. Um, wrote Atomic Habits. I'm sure you've heard of that book or uh, have read it. Um, he was saying, you know, the 80 20 rule basically, take, you know, 80% of what you're doing and figure out whether or not you should be doing it or not. And really, it's the 20%, which is your high income producing activities. And, and that was my issue. I was getting too caught up for six years in that 80%. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't uncommon either for me to be stuck on, you know, why hasn't the seller signed because I was reliant on that income. You know, from that cell, like I didn't know how to continue with my twenty percent throughout the day and keep humming and know that 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 fear that that anxiety that I was feeling, you know, for six years, I want to say, and it wasn't really like anxiety, but it just I just wasn't programmed in a way where I knew that I was focusing on my highest income-producing activities. So yeah, yeah,
0: I think that there something you mentioned before is uh, like uh, somebody just recently said to me something happened and and it was a uh, very frenetic. And people were very emotional about it. And I tend to get very linear when that happens. I mm-hmm. tend to take the static and throw it out. And I, I my, they said to me, how how could you be like that? You were like thinking so logically. And I think a lot of it has to maybe being a trial lawyer, but more so when I was an EMT. And there's chaos happening all around you. And you have to focus because you have somebody's life there. So it is a learned, you know, quality that you can learn. And you did learn. Yep. Um, And so tell us a little bit about that transition you learning. And do you try, do you do any mindset coaching with the people that you manage?
2: Yeah, I mean, we plug them into, you know, resources that we have available. I actually, I personally never became a mindset coach because i have the people that i can kind of tug on through that but and and pull them in and bring them into a webinar or something like you know i like to use my network to let the experts come in and speak and then my audience can absorb what they're you know speaking about so um no i never got too into the mindset coaching component but i will say when you're talking about being an emt not only do you need a quiet mind but you need to compartmentalize what needs to be done first And right. i think that that's what a lot of that Again, going into the 80-20, that 20% of what's gonna what it's going to take to stabilize that person and being able to react, you know, with a hurricane happening around you. Like the visual I always focused on through meditation and stuff is I want to sit in the eye of the storm. I don't mind the storm. I just want to be in the middle of it, watching it swirl around versus swirling around in it. Mm. And that same thing, being it, being, you know. Being the EMT, you have to. You are in that hurricane at the time, and there's there's some very serious consequences if you get caught up in what's happening or start to, you know, share in the emotion of the husband who was in the car accident with the wife as well. You have to be that 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 you know that stable um, person throughout that that experience. But yeah, I never I never got too into the coaching. I have incredible. Uh, I don't want to say I didn't get too into coaching. I'm a connector. So that's that I bring in the experts for that. If I needed a criminal law attorney, I'd have you guys come in and speak rather than me trying to learn all about it.
0: Well, you know, you can always have a I would say it's always good to have a criminal law attorney because businesses often have criminal law issues. Like just look at the bank. That's uh, failed. I mean, they're going to be starting to be looked into. <laughs> several, actually. Several. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you can be assured. I mean, the Department of Justice is probably inclined to want to hang somebody for that. Yep. Um, and there's so many things that you can, you know, Dave was in the fraud. He was in the major crimes unit in the Prosecutor's Office, but also the fraud unit. And I wanted him to get that experience because, you know, he watched what businesses did that were problematic from a fraud standpoint and could get somebody jammed up. So you always you always want to make sure I have my business attorney but am I okay on the on the criminal law side. So there, there's a, there's always a, an intersection there. David.
1: Yeah, about a minute prior to the break, but before we get there, you talked about the 80/20 and it come to a point where you realize that you need to start delegating more. Um, to get through the 80% that maybe is not serving towards the goals and and talk a little bit about delegation if you, if, if you can
2: yeah no that that's a huge part and i feel like that too if you want to you know talk of the mindset of, of of a realtor a lot of people a lot of people have problems delegating you know and, and attorneys that that do well have excellent paralegals that they trust and whatnot you know that 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 can put their deals together or whatever they need to do but um, yeah, for me, delegating was huge and I hired a lot of the wrong people I, over the years. I have a really solid team right now, but uh, my staff and, and the people around me, that wasn't always perfect. So delegating is a massive thing. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I talk about often is kind of, you know, with that 80-20 rule, just really auditing where you where you spent your last 15 minutes, which again, it, you know, in the attorney world, if you're billing hourly, you're actually tracking that. So it's really that exercise. And figuring out from what you did every 15 minutes for, let's say, three days, what did you not need to do? Steve Jobs for one week had, I think, his executive assistant follow, or at least I heard this story. I've never seen it directly, but had his executive assistant follow him around and say, what am I doing for a week? Great. Document it. I'm not going to do that ever again. Huh. and then took that all off his plate and, okay oh
1: on
0: the other side too Go we ahead. could talk
1: about limiting distractions and what serves you
0: and yeah. what's really moving the needle as well absolutely okay well your WMTR radio is nothing but the truth every saturday 10 ten thirty. bob bianchi Day bruno We'll be right back.
1: At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.
0: All right, welcome back to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth, Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Brett Shakur is with us, Dave. Uh, I know he was ringing your bell on the other side of the break when we started talking about business and scaling and hiring the right people. So. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you said uh, on the hiring
1: point, um, you made some mistakes in recruiting and hiring. What what did you learn from those mistakes, and how did that change moving forward? Well, Gary,
2: I worked with Keller Williams for quite some time, and Gary Keller, who's the CEO of that company, always said, "Hire slow, fire fast." Um, I would say that for anybody who's starting to delegate, if they're hiring the people and they're not putting them through a proper system or figuring out, you know. There's there's a whole bunch of di- wise hire, for instance, has their own tests that You can put them through and you figure out quite a bit about that person. But not only that, but you kind of figure out how how am I going to move that person along in the right way? Um, you know, with the mindset and whatnot, and how are they going to behave based on you know certain instructions that I'm giving them? But go with your gut. That's that's my I, I'm we're absorbing a team right now um, in the real estate world. And I'm asking about his agents and figuring out like who, who should come and, and who shouldn't. And he's like, I don't know. I think they all might be good at what they do. And I'm like, who, who should be here? Who's Literally, who should be here? And he's like, two, maybe one. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> those are our two. We'll that's see fun. if we can coach up that other one. Um, and that's the whole you know aspect of the staff side of things. Anytime I've ever delayed a fire, the second I finally do fire it or fire that person or let that person go or part ways, it's like you can breathe again. It's like you have – and then when you bring somebody in that's actually a rock star – you're like, oh my God, my business has been held back because I didn't
0: have an incredible person here you know, representing the brand, so. Yeah, you know, this also what I, sometimes you can't fire people, like say if you're in government service and there's contracts and, but hiring the right people is so important and getting rid of them. But when you can't get rid of them, you know what I found interesting was that sometimes people were just such poor performers and bad mindset, bad attitudes, and you're like, oh my goodness but then you move them to a different section of yeah. something that's, you know, get them out of there. And then all of a sudden they thrive. You know, it's kind of a strange thing. And I, I came to that realization that, you know, we have to be much more mindful of what their background is like, what their skill set is, and not to put them in a position where they're not going to succeed. Have you, have you had experience with that as well? Yeah, hundred percent. And that, that too is, and I feel like
2: in keeping the, the the staff's mindset right, we'll say like for right now, we just went through the last six months. There was a there there was a certain slowdown in revenue, and nobody the rate hikes threw us off. Nobody would sell their home because they didn't want to go get rid of two and a half percent interest rate and get a seven percent. So we had to we had to watch that. But now we're coming in and we're snowballing back, um, you know, heavily. And I'm saying to my staff, listen, I know it's going to sink for the next six weeks, but May first, we'll make another hire in your department. I want you to start seeing what, like, let's identify what you don't like doing and let's hire somebody for that. And then let's go to this department and do the exact same thing. Um, so it really is. It's almost like that 15 minute drill or that, that, that 80, 20 for the staff as well. And figuring out what do you really like about your job? And that makes it easier to start moving them in that way because they'll perform better. And what do you hate about it? what makes your skin crawl? Great. You only have to do that for like another eight weeks. We're going to hire somebody for that assuming that the business continues to grow in the way that it's growing right now. But I find that if you put, if you identify what they love about their job, they're going to perform better um, if they're focused in on that. And I feel like too, if you give people that date, that push, that something to look forward to, even if they're doing the crappy stuff that they're not crazy about, it gives them a reason to want to show up and play all out. You know, Mm -hmm. there's even for us, it's like, great, I'm going to retire when I'm 65. Great. I'm only 36. I've got a lot of years left. I don't know when i'm actually going to retire but point being is i play that that game in my head we're like when this then that you know right. so right. it just helps me get through the the, the day-to-day grind
0: you know I, I think covid um was also the great equalizer it really showed who had the resiliency and who didn't i mean some people did well in COVID based on the nature of you know the the uh horror of it um what industry they were in but a lot of people did not right and what we noticed on our end was a lot of people like get emails return emails back that would just say Reminded me, my cousin Vinny closed due to flu, you know, closed due to COVID, and they weren't doing anything. And I, we did a lot of of work, self identification. I mean, the phones weren't ringing, the yep. courts were not in session, and that you can look at that. Not that we didn't. It's kind of ominous, you know, when it occurred. But I remember talking to Dave probably within a week of it shutting down, saying we can't just be sitting here and doing nothing. I don't care whatever it is, we got to do something that. We're going to work through this or on the other end. How did, did you notice businesses kind of falling apart and other businesses thriving? And how about your business? And do you think that that's from a company mindset perspective, that's where they were able to succeed?
2: Yeah, I would say the. So we do weekly team meetings. Um, they used to be in the office. We were in Hoboken, New Jersey. I lived in Hoboken when COVID came around. Hoboken, uh, Mayor uh, Ravi Bala. He was the first city to shut down in the United States. So they closed retail, they closed office. Um, and we were all kind of working from home after, I think it was March 13th. It was Friday the 13th was our last Friday in the office. We knew that there, the the mindset of the agents and of the staff was going to get thrown off with the, the I don't want to say we went to war, but it was a similar vibe. Like the world was shut down specifically in Northern Jersey. And the closer you got to New York City, the the weirder it got. Walking around on empty streets and stuff. So what we did is we huddled together. We had um, I went from the, the weekly meeting to daily meetings. 10 a.m. check-ins. We were like, great, how's everybody doing? Boom, boom, boom. Everybody good? How's your family? Everybody? Does anybody have COVID? Does any, and we're just you know keeping a pulse and almost just becoming a family. Um, and then at 5 p.m. we would we would hop in that. I don't remember what the app was. but We'd hop in and do uh, social happy hours with the whole team too. And like just just those two things kept people running. And checking on their clients in the right way, and making sure that they're actually still adding value to the consumer through that, and knowing that you can't force a transaction. The fact that, like, yes, I want to say seventy percent of our deals blew up. Our pen- people were getting furloughed. Like it was a very um, volatile market that we were experiencing, and and with that, we were just yeah strong mindset coming through, making sure that we were doing the proper touch points to stay. Um, you know, it was close to them in that virtual world where we couldn't go out and see them. So,
1: wow. Let's and, talk of again. Sorry to cut you off. I was just off. saying,
2: yeah, unfortunately I worked, I worked for a company that was used to being virtual We were cloud-based. Whereas, yeah, yeah, I saw talking about companies falling apart. I saw agents, realtors that had closings and, and didn't, didn't know how they were going to get paid on their deal because the person who cut the checks wasn't allowed in the office. So like weird, it were, there were weird things that came about, um, from covid first hitting but,
0: do, do you find uh, like we feel this way like actually covid was a benefit to us in an in a odd peculiar way because it made us really look at things different it changed our mindset in a lot of ways and we look at it now we're like we're a completely different business in a positive way yeah. than we were before covid because of covid
2: how about you yeah and i think that that's exactly what we we're talking about before we hopped on this the the audience that you're able to create as well and and the way that you can, like we always think, does this need to be done in person or can we do it virtually or, or can we record this meeting and replay this meeting and, and make it a value, you know, for trainings going forward. And um, I think there's a lot of, in, you know, a lot of efficiencies for us that came, um, you know, as a result of COVID and the way that, you know, we'll still run our PL with similar percentages, but we're more focused on. Um, you know, company growth versus having a super large brick and mortar office. Right. That and and honestly, we've had the bigger offices since um, COVID, and people just have not come back. Yeah. And yeah. More people. There's more people I've than, than I've seen in a very long time. So kudos to you guys for getting yeah. people in the office. Yeah. No. It's it's it's
0: I, and I'm not even sure if I want them back. I mean, yeah. they're doing. I mean, I'll tell you what. During COVID, I felt like I was working like a dog. Um. I don't know. When you're working home, I was working harder. So yeah. I mean we we're realizing that we don't need all this space. And when people are here, it's because they want to be, right? But they're still working just as hard on the client's cases, and we're able to monitor and track it in ways we never did before COVID, right? Just like you. I mean, there's seven lawyers at
1: the Bianchi Law Group, and only two of them are here today. Yeah. And that's me and Bob. Yeah, so five out there. Have a, hope you're having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> we are remote. You're seeing paralegals and office managers and legal assistants and marketing, right? So, yeah, we have this operation, but we we have huddles. We call them huddles. Yep. We used to be every single day. We had to scale back to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where the whole team's on and we talk about all of our cases together. And and yeah, we've seen value too. But let me let me get into digital because that's really where I see you most. You got the these videos coming out for agents, right. for customers, and and really high-value-type content delivering on the social platforms. So tell me a little bit about that strategy. I mean, you're doing an excellent job, and I think a lot of people could learn from it. I mean,
0: that. that's a, he's got a, he got a lot of reach. Yeah. I mean, you're doing a lot. Yeah, I think I think business could benefit by how you did this.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, honestly, people are like, well, what do you talk about? Like, well, what are the problems right now? You know? Like, agents are dealing with revenue. Right issues right now. There's slowdowns, there's inconsistencies in their income. So I'm going to talk to that. You know, that's what I'm going to pick and I'm going to lean in on that. And I'm going to also have the solution for that. Um, there's also no inventory right now. There's a huge inventory issue or rates are higher, whatever you want. I'll go lean on that very heavily as well. And then I'll also point out how, like, let's use, um, I don't know, let's use our competition as an example. If you're working with another real estate agent right now to purchase a home in Morris County, are they only showing you homes that are on the market or are they showing you the off-market properties as well a lot of times they're like no i'm only getting the things that are coming through zil great well keep seeing that with them i don't care you can buy on market with them but if you want to buy you know at a lower price point reach out to us we have the largest team in the area and we have a lot of off-market that comes across a seller that might say hey i have three kids at home i can't be on the market i can't sell my home but if i could get 7.95 i would sell it so that's a differenti- differentiator. I mean, that's that's high value content and I'll just run in and kind of punch on those those certain things. So that's the same thing I would say for attorneys or anybody that's listening, What what is, or let's go into mindset, you know? Run, how do you have a quiet mind? How do you operate, um, you know, throughout absolute chaos with a quiet mind? Um, one of the, actually, at the end of the year, a lot of realtors, you know, one of my messages was you made
1: a lot of money, where'd it go? So.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: But you're building community too, right? I mean, do you have a regular call where you attract the number of people on these calls.
2: Yeah. So, so that, yeah, we, what we found is like the normal coaching in the world of real estate is going to be once a week or it's going to be every other week. Or they'll go, we were just in a seminar um, in San Diego, which we were talking about. And, and the agent will leave that call or they'll leave that, that seminar and they won't have an action plan or they will have it. And then they don't actually do it. And there's nobody there on the back end to, to follow up with that, so that's that's our audience, that is our community, is is we are the day in and day out, the, the grid aspect, the action base, get things done, get things done for your clients. Your clients deserve to have an agent that's actually gonna be prospecting for off-market properties for them in this market. If you're not doing that and you don't have somebody measuring that day in and day out, you're just gonna fall, you're not gonna be in
0: the business. I think a lot of people would be surprised by the idea that a real estate kind of person would have this platform, they should look if, in any business you're in to see what it is that you're doing and how you're getting out there and delivering value and making money for doing that. So where can they find you?
2: Yeah, so you can just find me on uh, social media would be a good one. It's, it's Brett, B R E T T dot Sikora, S-I-K-O-R-A. Um, and uh, yeah, Instagram, I think it's Brett dot
0: LinkedIn is Brett Secora, so yeah. Just pull me up. All right, awesome. Brett, thank you so much. That's all we have for today. This is WMTR Radio Nothing about the Truth Bob Bianca Dave Bruno. Every Saturday at 10 30. We air on the radio, Dave Podcasts. Nothing but the
1: truthpodcast.com. It's a it's the page that has all the videos on all of our prior videos, including Brett's, that's on the air right now on Saturday morning on WMTR. But Wednesday, the video will drop. Wednesday the podcast drops. Take a look at all the episodes out there Great be job. sure to like wow, and subscribe and we appreciate you
0: guys thanks Brett. thank you we're the bianchi law group a team of Prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing: he put himself in a box when he said, "My." Relied kids, on damn. by CNN,
1: Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed, and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a
0: law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.